Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes. Let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're going over Doctor Stranger's Trailer of Madness. I believe. Doctor Stranger's. Yes. <laughs> Stranger Danger. That is for sure. This, uh, we, so this dropped during, we have a couple that dropped during the Super Bowl. Uh, this is probably, I think, the most watched trailer out of the Super Bowl, so I think it's huge to talk about. And some more details that have come out since then, uh, slash rumors, mm-hmm. so I'm excited for that. We talked about this a little bit last week, but Michael Keaton is back as Batman. We got a better picture I showed to Mike, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about what that means and looks like. Peacemaker's first season wrapped up, and we're going to cover the entire season at the end of the episode. So if you've not watched it, there are time codes, but uh, go watch it and you can come back and listen to this and more. More importantly... Chris, we were talking about Gundam Wing. We were Gundam Wing. I was going to add that in. Uh-huh. Like, we, we know everything about Gundam Wing. Uh, we don't. We're basically, we're, we're basically in the middle of a conversation talking about Gundam Wing and our nostalgia for the robots. And we're like, oh yeah, we're supposed to be recording a podcast, so yeah. we'll just fall right back into that conversation. Of yeah. uh, I just, I always remember the very like the very distinct moment where like I where you told me season two starts. But when you're just kind of like watching it and on Toonami and you're not really like following like some sort of like IMDb page, like I don't know when season one ends and season right. two starts. Like this show probably wrapped up in Japan like four years ago, right? So I'm just getting it over here in America. And like in the season two, like everything like amps up. Like they get like new villains. Uh, like they bring in like the, I think they, don't they bring in like the the mm-hmm. engineers or the inventors or the, of the Gundams again? They yeah. Like, yeah. pull them out of obscurity and they like soup up the Gundams again. Yeah. So like, the whole point of it, like it's 50, I think 52 episodes was like 26 a season, which is, you know, standard back then. And yeah. So like they, they, they bring in the, the scientists, there was five scientists. So they had one common idea. They were going to um, crash a colony into earth and give the space colonies freedoms. However, they all like got split apart and went down their own ideas. So that's why we got five different Gundams, but yeah, they're all trying to create, it's the zero system, right? The 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 AI in these robots that, that make them become better with the user or something. The only like two people have never died using it. So I I I enjoy, it, but like like you said, if you have robots, what do you need to do those robots over time? Like upgrade them. Got them. Yeah, you got to mod them. You got to have yeah. them fight each other. I was on. Um, I've I've been patiently waiting because the next video game that I'm going to dive into and play is Elden Ring. The George R. R. Martin collaboration with uh, FromSoft, and that comes out just in a couple of days at the end it, of the it, week. It's out. I believe it came out Friday. Uh, no, I think what came out Am what I... came out this week was uh, like Horizon Zero Dawn oh. sequel or whatever. I'm not. I think they're on like the third game or maybe, something. Maybe I don't I'm know. Think, maybe I'm thinking the the review embargoes were listed. Oh, uh, probably. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know much about the Horizon games, but I know people have really been digging into those. Yeah. So I've just been kind of like waiting. Okay, come on. I, I'm. I don't want to dive into a game I don't know anything about. Uh, so I'll just wait for my. Uh, I'll just wait for my Elden Ring to to come out. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of browsing like the PlayStation Store just to kind of see what's available for free to kill some time. And they apparently there's like a free to play like Gundam fighting game or something. Is it Gundam versus? Any, uh, I have no idea. Cause, I, cause I, I watched I... <laughs> the I watched the little trailer for it and the graphics look 
uh, the graphics look like it's it's in such a way that it's like almost MMO, right? You know, where mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, there's like a world and we have to be able to render all of this in real yeah. time. So like really crush those polygons down. So I was like, this is either a PlayStation 3 game that they've ported at the PlayStation 4 or yeah. it's, a, it's supposed to look this way. I never so, downloaded it though, but it's just weird to think that Gundam is still out there. I don't know if like Gen Z, the younger generation, yeah. knows anything about Gundam. I don't know if there's a popular oh. Gundam series out there that people are talking about. It just seems to be millennials are, are stuck in the Gundam web. I mean, so I know uh, there are several. I, I never miss them, but there are like there's shows like Cycle Through. I believe they're like Gundam Seed. Was it? Um, there's I don't know the the Burning Finger Gundam whatever that one was like uh, everyone G has Gun- like G, G Gundam. Gundam everyone has like their own um, you know series of Gundam they like and enjoy and can, and can relate to and ours is obviously mine mine's Gundam Wing and I I would say yours is probably close to that too um, but uh, there's there's probably some more coming out uh, you know was it uh, was it is it Gunpla is that what it's called Gunpla Am I saying this right? Yeah, when you're building the little uh, models. Yeah, that's taken over like nobody else's business. So I, I I fully believe this. But like, I'll be like the nostalgia stuff. So I actually own the PlayStation 4 game Gundam Versus, Mike. Um, and it's it's just okay. I I, 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 <laughs> I got it because, of, you know, I'm a Gundam guy. But I'm like, ah, this isn't really worth the, the, the price. So I wouldn't recommend it to anyone unless it's like under ten dollars or they throw it yeah. in for free but um there are too many gundam games out there i feel like i i'm like but i feel like they're also all still in japanese they've not ported them over to the west yeah. well i suppose if there's a chance for kind of gundam to have a resurgence here in uh, north america it's probably going to be that uh that westernized gundam movie right the jo- mm. the jordan voight roberts movie that he's yeah. uh working on so and that's based that on doesn't the- if that doesn't do it, I don't know what will. <laughs> and that's based on the original uh, Gundam um, uh, series, the the nineteen. Yeah. That seems it? to be the 70s, that's 80s? the most logical place to start, right? It has the yeah. most iconic kind of robot look to it, uh-huh. and you gotta you gotta introduce people to the idea of like, oh, giant robots. Like when you dive into like Gundam Wing as a kid. You're just a kid and you'll accept anything, right? But it's just yeah. like there's a space colony already. They're not even going to explain that. Uh, there's these robots and like there's no explanation of why robots are necessarily being used for war- warfare exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it's just not. There, they, yeah, there's politics and uh, war and uh, you don't really care about that because there's big robots fighting each other in mm-hmm. the cities. Oh. Big robot. Oh, speaking of robots fighting, Chris, this is a great segue to one of the things that I watched this week. Um, I don't know how it happened. God bless the YouTube algorithm for one time in its life. It started showing me um, uh, matches of uh, what's it called? Battlebots. Uh, Battlebots. Oh yeah. man, you knew. Uh, I kept yeah, thinking. I've been of, thinking like, about Battlebots this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe the algorithm knows that you know I talk to you every single uh, week, so it started to put Battlebots in front of me. But it's it's been a delight because I remember uh, suffering through the BattleBots show uh, back when I was younger. The few times that I got to see it, all the commercial breaks, all the artificial hype to the matches, the the silly little walkouts when they're you know coming out to the stage. I just want to see the robots fight each other because. The matches only last a couple of minutes, so luckily people have been clipping that and putting it on YouTube, and it's been a blast. I saw, I actually saw some legit cool fights where I was like on the edge of my seat watching these sparks fly, these robots flip around. So that's just my soundboard yeah. for um, 
No, I keep wanting to say BattleBots. It's not BattleBots, right? No, it is BattleBots. Yeah, it's your yeah, BattleBots. BB. There's an alliteration yeah. there. Um, I don't know how it's aired now, what's going on, but I did watch a clip where the announcer was saying, oh, the people watching the stream on Twitch are going crazy. And I was like, oh, is it on Twitch now? I mean, I guess that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, BattleBots is awesome still. That's all yeah. I want to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think um, I was talking to somebody the other day about um, Guillermo del Toro's library. Right, he had he had a movie come out recently. I believe it was a horror alley, uh, nightmare, nightmare nightmare alley. Yeah, and he was like, he'd never seen. I was like, what about Pan's Labyrinth? He's like, no. I'm like, Hellboy, two, Hellboy, Hellboy two. No, uh, I believe he did Blade two as well. Uh, he's like, no, I haven't watched any of those. I'm like. Uh, then why do you like Guillermo del Toro? Like, like <laughs> you watch Nightmare Alley and that's it. He's like, yeah. I'm like, you need to go back and like learn where all this stuff came from. Like, you know, <laughs> we were talking about uh, Pacific Rim, and he's like, Pacific Rim. I'm like, yeah, it's essentially you know, big Godzilla style creatures come out of the ocean, and the humanity has to build, you know, robots to fight them. Uh, and he had no idea what I was talking about. I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's fine. But it made me think of Gundams. It made me think of BattleBots. Like. You know, um, people building robots to fight each other, which is uh, pretty pretty wild. So, yeah, I I mean, Gundam Gun to me, I I love it. Like I said, we we talked about we had the models growing up before they were, you know, like when we went to comic. I'll never forget the has was it Hasbro or Namco? I think it's Bandai. Bandai. Yeah, uh, the the booth at San Diego Comic Con that was just full of the Gundam models. Like you could buy anything and everything there, uh, and it was very very popular. So. Um, it's just funny to see it still kind of going. And I looked it up. I believe the newest one is called Battle Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operation Code Fairy, uh, which <laughs> sounds crazy. But that it, is exactly what I would think it would sound yeah, like too. <laughs> it it, it uh, it's like a, it looks like a, a you remember the um, I can't even think of them the Zaku suits from the original uh, ones. They have like the little uh-huh. single eye dots kind of thing. It looks uh-huh. like it's maybe in the main Gundam timeline again or whatever. Yeah, so. I think um, every once in a while I, I, a couple really nerdy people uh, pop up in my uh, timeline on Twitter and I remember a little bit of a noise from like a, a Netflix Gundam thing that was available to stream. But uh-huh. uh, the end of the day, it's still, I, I don't think it's still uh, in the main zeitgeist. People just talking about, what is it, a uh, Demon Slayer? I think that's the uh-huh. the OG uh, number one it, anime right now that everyone's going on and on about. D- Demon Slayer, this weekend there was a um, Dragon Ball Super Superhero, the next movie. There was a bunch of reveals about that. Uh, and then, of course, I think it was My Hero Academia still going. Um, mm-hmm. and, oh, and, and Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan. I, I know the final season's uh, airing live in America right now. So um, that's that's pretty cool for that. Man, there's a lot of lot of good stuff well, out there. We'll have to add a uh, – now it's Mike and Chris's Anime Corner because, Chris, right. I think you're bringing just about as much information to this conversation that I usually do. Oh, I, I love it. I mean, it's I don't get to watch a lot of it very often, but I will never forget uh, when I first moved to Louisville area – Attack on Titan was big, and I, I put it on, and I, I they only they didn't have the dubs. They only had the subs. And I worked at home back then, and I was trying to watch it while also read it. And I'm like, I can't do both at the same time. So I feel like I missed a lot of the first season uh, <laughs> of it, so I might have to go back and re- re-watch that. Um, maybe when it's done, do a, do a, do a quick quick breeze through on that. Um, but the other thing is, I uh, this is a little, really little, not really. 
my Oculus Quest. I've been playing with that all week. Um, you know, like I said, oh, <laughs> yeah, I got a very random text from Chris. What's your address again? <laughs> Thinking, yeah. oh, maybe he's sending You'll me a send nice me. housewarming gift, something like that. And no. then he sends me like screenshots of my place. Yeah. And then I, of course, I put it all together. I'm like, oh, I think he's in the metaverse right now, just creeping on yeah. my address. And that's exactly what it was. <laughs> so you can hook your Oculus up to your main PC and use your PC's VR. Um, which is great because I have one for my arcade. And I'm like, I can handle some games. So Google Google Earth is one of like the the main free apps for it. And I was like, yo, I can do this all over. I went through you know my neighborhood, some stuff growing up, and I was like, oh, this is this is fun. It's just you know fancy. Does it feel three dimensional or does it feel like more like you're just in a dome, like a big dome, with it uh, projected on it? Because there's no depth map, right, of Street View. Um, yeah, so it starts off with yeah, Street View is just regular Street View. Sadly, that that's mm-hmm. where I think the the fun stops. But getting there was really fun um, because as you you start like literally with the Earth in view, right? Mm-hmm. And you can move in, zoom, rotate. You can actually grab the sky and change the time of day uh, as you're like coming oh. down in there. So you so, kind of feel like a god. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna come in and, and, and do this. So it was interesting getting there and just like. I knew the the general area of where you live, so like it was fun to experience, you know, L.A. Hollywood Burbank from the sky, uh, uh-huh. and kind of look. I'm like, oh, I remember kind of when, when I visited you. Here's some places we went. And here's, you know, the the paths we took. Um, so that was fun. We did. I did. I did some of that. Um, I I try. I was invited to Facebook's Horizons World or whatever it's called. Their their metaverse thing. It didn't really do anything other than just put me in like a little sphere on the ground. Um, but I got golf plus, so I've been doing some, some VR golf, Mike, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with it, it also has a promotion with top golf. So other than just regular golf and putting challenges, you actually get to go into a virtual top golf course. Um, which for me is great because the closest top golf is still two, two and a half hours away. Uh, so that was fun. And then, um, I've been trying to think of another game to get, uh, my, my, my boss at work really wants one, and I've been kind of going through. I'm like, yeah, he, he might want some shooting games. Uh, they have a Battle Royale-style game that's in VR, which I think would just make me completely sick trying to play. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, if anyone has any suggestions on anything, uh, do let me know. Uh, I, I'm, I'd be excited to kind of hear that and um, yeah, do some of this stuff. Because I was doing uh, the uh, – I have a roller coaster app, of course, but it's got, like, shooting things. So, like, while you're on the roller coaster, little targets will pop up. So that was mm-hmm. fun, but like about thirty seconds that I get really, really motion sick. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta put it down, luckily. But uh, it's been fun. But uh, there's, yeah, there's that, all that fun stuff, Mike. So, um, anything else you want to add before we jump into uh, literally just last Sunday's news? Pretty much. Yeah, right? let's jump into it because we're. Uh, I don't want to say we're a week late to this. We saw it. We just mm-hmm. didn't felt like there was enough quite at the Super Bowl yeah. to really dive into a whole nother episode, mm-hmm. and we can talk well, about that just really quickly. Yeah. Uh, briefly, I was uh, uh, woefully underwhelmed by all of the media breaks on the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. None of the commercials seem super exciting. Do you and like the, crypto uh, or electric cars? Because <laughs> yeah, that's that, all you're getting. Yeah, that was the that was the what? Yeah, that was the big money spend. Right. I do have to say though, as as much as like crypto and NFTs is uh, very very all over the place, and everybody has their own opinion. I thought the strategy of just the bouncing QR code was actually really smart. It was like the one thing 
that uh, the people watching the game at my place really kind of gravitated to. Because, like, what is this? What's going on? They spent money on this. Everybody starts becoming marketing executives uh, trying to analyze if this is a good commercial or not. Uh, But they got enough traffic to uh, crash the site. And um, I saw a lot of people had hot takes of just like, oh, they're so dumb, they crashed their site. But like, I, I went back and I looked at that like URL just like a couple minutes later and so it was fine. Like, you know, it always crashes for some people. It doesn't crash for, you know, everyone that gets through. But, but I'm not being a crypto apologizer. I just thought it was a clever commercial. Well, I, I, the, the, the big point of that was everyone was watching, waiting for it to hit the corner, right? Like that's all the DVD commercial or the DVD mm-hmm. screensavers where it doesn't hit the commercial. Um, Commercial-wise, I would say for me, the biggest uh, thing I remember, I remember uh, actually the Austin Powers commercial, the Dr. Evil and uh, in, in the actors coming back um, for mm-hmm. that. That was entertaining simply because um, the the age range in my office is very uh, all over the place. Uh, so, like, the older people remembered and thought it was pretty funny. I'm like, right, we can talk about that. And then... Um, I'm also a big fan of Larry David, even though he was a crypto commercial. He was just like, you know, such a pessimist on everything. Uh, play the pessimist on everything about history. He's like, well, I, feel, eh, I don't I, know about I, that. I feel like he hit the perfect uh, middle ground of just like, he probably doesn't care about crypto at all because he's already rich, right? Yeah. Um, ridiculously rich. Probably one of the richest people in Hollywood. And he was probably approached saying like, oh, we'll give you a ton of money to do this crypto commercial, right? And you don't even have to say you like crypto. You're actually specifically going to say you don't think it's good. I mean, obviously in the context of the commercial, you're supposed to imply that it is going to be good. But like... Wow, yeah. celebrities are going to get their money. They'll, yeah. they'll, can, they'll, they'll do whatever. Can, can you come play yourself where you just tell us everything's a bad idea uh, for the whole mm. commercial? I'm like, yep, yep, it sounds good. Um, I believe that uh, we talked about last week, the Jurassic Park had a commercial in there. Um, Warner Brothers and Sony didn't bring anything. I mean, there was really hardly any media or multimedia TV slash movie stuff on there, I feel, this year, right? Like... Kind yeah, of, and on top on top right. of that, I saw a lot of these commercials start to get shown to me early in the week on yeah. uh, social media in the feeds, and then I had the keen eye of knowing uh, this looks like a Super Bowl commercial because it looks very polished. There's a celebrity in it, and this is the first time I've seen it. And I just scrolled past it to be like, oh, maybe it'll be new, but it always it already felt old by the time it got to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it's weird. It's so weird to be here. Every yeah. time, always complaining about Super Bowl well, commercials, but so, it was it was happy if you if you are if you're in LA and you know you want to see the Rams win, they won. <laughs> yeah, well, I was gonna say you 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 live in LA. How was how was the town post uh, LA victory? Because uh, you know where I live, everyone wanted not LA to win. They wanted. Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati, Cincinnati right win. yeah well down closer to the the stadium and more of the urbanized areas of LA there was definitely some partying I saw some pictures of uh people graffitiing uh um metro buses uh so I don't think things got too out of hand where it was something LA had never seen before but it's like the next time right it's the next time they go because the Rams will have now added some fans to their roster after winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So the next time that they get to go, you know, that's when things uh, should be intense again. Uh, I think there's a Super Bowl coming up. I don't, why do I talk about sports? I don't know anything about sports, but for some reason I feel like there's a Super Bowl coming up that is somewhat close to Los Angeles. So maybe if the Rams make it to the next one, maybe they'll have a, a good fan presence at that one. I don't know. Yeah. 
I couldn't. I could not tell you anything about sports ball. Uh, I just know um, the Winter Olympics are wrapping up, and I don't know much about those either this year. Um, so, uh, yeah, we got that going on. So let's jump in. I, we we we've barely. I'm gonna have to add actually another time uh, code in here, Mike, because this is Super Bowl um, talk and not Moon Knight talk, even though. You know, it's only been about five minutes, so uh, <laughs> we can jump into this. So I'm gonna I want to start with the Moon Knight trailer, right? So Moon Knight had a, a trailer, and I will I will say while this is only a 30 second spot here, the full spot here, there's no extra online. Um, it's interesting to see uh, again another visual of Kanshu behind, um, you know, Mark Spector or whatever whoever he is in this in this role. And a little more Ethan Hawke, but overall, still not really sure what the show's doing. It didn't feel like a story trailer. It felt more like a teaser again with a couple new clips, but nothing really fresh out of this, I feel. Right? Yeah, I'm I'm really curious what a a very generalized Super Bowl audience thought of this Moon Knight teaser trailer, right? Uh, Because if you're just a casual audience out there watching a football game, I would guarantee you probably don't know who Moon Knight is, right? So you're just watching this clip of Oscar Isaac that you go, oh, that guy looks familiar. I think I've seen him mm-hmm. in something. He's like running around looking like a superhero. You probably don't even know if, it, if it's a TV show. You don't know if it's a movie. Yeah. And it probably doesn't all coalesce until the very end when you see the Disney Plus title card. And you're just like, oh, okay, that looks interesting. Uh, <laughs> so this and, is going to be a bit of a sell. Well, I've heard uh, you know people. I've people who don't know are very excited uh, for it, and I think it's because of the actors Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac, right? I think mm-hmm. they're like, oh, this looks a little scary. Um, so maybe it isn't superhero-y. Um, but you know, at the same time, you know, people uh, like I just kind of overheard in my office and uh, were like, yeah, this is uh, interesting. I think I think we could watch this, and I think it's the actors involved with it rather than the the story. Yeah, because they're not giving us any story at all. Um, the only thing I can think of is there's one shot here where Ethan Hawke has um, two scale uh, or a scale on his arm that seems to be moving, like the tattoo was like animated mm-hmm. on his arm. And uh, some people are thinking he might play the Egyptian character Anubis, which might tie it all together here, um, because I believe Anubis weighed what the the weight of hearts versus uh, a feather in like the mythological context of Egypt history and and deities. So the people think he might be playing like uh, the Egyptian god Anubis or something like that. So. Um, yeah, maybe. couldn't get yeah, much the, else out of this to be completely yeah, the honest. Yeah, the TV spot didn't do much for me. It was later in the week where I think a Kevin yeah. Feige or a producer on it, maybe it was Feige, is uh, quoted saying that this is going to be like, oh, the darkest thing. Or I don't know, mm-hmm. remember what the quote was, but they were insinuating this is going to be a dark, serious, intense show. And I think that's just kind of like a producer talk, similar to like when they were talking about New Mutants, right? Mm-hmm. They're not making like a horror property or like, you know, something dark and twisted. It's, it's not just, they're, they're, Yeah, they're just amping up kind of like the drama yeah. and the intensity, which you can feel definitely in that first uh, longer length trailer that they uh, that they gave us. So yeah. it's good. It's good to know that like. They're at least trying to fit like this uh, spooky tone, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not expecting yeah. to see anybody eviscerated. <laughs> no, no. And then um, the other, it, I, there's some images that kind of came out from this, and none of them are really revealing. I think the coolest one here is a, a visual of a Khonshu. Looks like he's walking down literally a hallway of uh, maybe like some sort of storage facility or something here. Um, there, there is a reported that the actor F. Uh, Murray Abraham will be voicing Khonshu as well. Um, so I don't, um, 
well, I'm, I'm excited to hear it. I think we'll report on that more when we hear it. But, like, overall, uh, they are leaning into this um, this moon deity, if you will, a little bit here. They're, they're doing the beak. They're doing the skull. They're doing, you know, the crescent moon staff. I think um, it's going to be very interesting to see this come to fruition, really, when the show drops uh, in, in March. So we are, like, about a month and a half away, a little under four. So uh, hopefully a new full story trailer uh, comes out in March. Now, the big hot ticket item of the Super Bowl was, in fact, the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness trailer. Now, I will tell you, first and foremost, they only put, like, a 30-second spot on the actual show. And the spot has different footage than the full trailer that they told you to go watch online. Yeah. Uh, and if you were still grilling up the hot dogs yeah. and you're just trying to make sure that you caught kickoff, you missed this because I, I totally missed it. Chris kind of just let me know, like, oh, yeah, there was a Doctor Strange trail. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I was here for the coin flip. I was here for the kickoff. I didn't see nothing. Yeah. Uh, I, I could tell Mike was confused whenever I brought it up. He's like, what, what Doctor Strange trailer? You're lying to me, you idiot. I'm like, no, no, no. It, it, it pop, popped up. And then I had to go watch it online, which is great. But I'm like, I don't want to like turn off the Super Bowl when everyone else is over at my house to go watch the trailer. I'm like, I'm going to go to the basement real fast and, and check this out and come back. So um, we were able to watch it. Um, the TV spot was definitely, I think, I'm going to say, a very interesting choice to pop in um, for the, the trailer because... It's a lot of action, right? It's bright, flashy lights. Um, we get to see Doctor Strange's magic. We get to see some... It's not... It's Gargantos, tentacles. And then we get to see probably, I think, one of the bigger reveals here is um, the Illuminati, if you will. Uh, and what is... I, I guarantee you, Mike, Patrick Stewart's voice in this TV spot. Yeah, which is enough honestly, to make anyone pause and watch. Yeah. I, I missed it. I totally, 100% missed the voice connection the first time I watched the trailer. Uh, and then I started to see like uh, the rumor mill pop up and I started to see people saying like, oh, Professor X, Xavier. And I was like, OK, I get it. Like this seems to be like a council, you know, mm -hmm. Illuminati. Professor X wasn't that. They're just like making a leap. Right. Like, are they just seeing like a silhouette with a bald head? But then I was like, oh, it's the voice. They, Patrick Stewart is like literally in the trailer. I guess that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. And then, and then the, the over the shoulder, like obviously he's wheeling up in his chair and you get to see. The very you know stiff shoulder pads, the bald head, the silhouette of Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier. Yeah, there. and I think that was one of the differences between the two trailers because I watched them back side by side before we started recording today, and I watched the uh, full length trailer first. And when you hear Patrick Stewart's voice, it kind of just cuts to the next scene. But in the TV spot, the camera kind of trucks back a little bit more, and you actually do see like the skin of his bald head, not just yeah. like a straight up silhouette off in the distance. So they're yeah. very much inferring, and I think they want you to definitely know that it is um, yeah. Xavier. Yeah, and, and this is still a TV spot here. We're 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 gonna burn through. There is, um, you know, Doctor Strange unleashes what appears to be what I'm gonna call the equivalent of the. Um, Ultron Gundam Mike here the two dragons out of his hands uh, on whips if you will uh, or snakes and then I think to me the biggest reveal is there's there's zombies in this there's a zombie strange um, at some point in this and whether it's him or somebody else I, I, I don't know um, what's going on it is just wild to see this like this gross kind of 
Doctor Strange version who is like, you know, he's rotting. He's a rotting corpse doing magic and stuff like that. And it's mm-hmm. kind of creepy. It, I has, mean, it has everything in it, which is kind of what you would expect in something with a multiverse yeah. in the title. You can't go sparse, right, yeah. with something entitled multiverse. Because if you did, you'd have to have some sort of like story element that was just like, yeah. oh, we only opened up the multiverse for like half a second. Only yeah. one thing came through. Yeah. Now we got to deal with this one. Like, no, no, no. And this is breaking. There's like visuals in the trailer of like skyscrapers like exploding yeah. and like freeze time, it's, you know. It's not as, I guess, um, isolated as the Spider-Man multiverse was, right? In, in, mm-hmm. in No Way Home. This is, this is I think, a little far more far-reaching uh then we will, and you know, thanks to Sam Raimi and his history and and horror. Now, when you go watch the full trailer, some of these shots aren't even in there. The zombies aren't in there. We get to see what appears to be um, some sort of bandage creature yelling. There's um, essentially rotting um, a universe where some it looks like it's kind of decaying a little bit, right? Like a, like that. Um, you know, Wanda is talking to to Strange. That was interesting. Uh, I'm just going to kind of kind of jump to the part here. Um, there are Ultron drones in this, Mike, uh, which I didn't see coming a mile away. I did not see Doctor Strange being escorted by Ultron robots uh, in this movie at all. Like, this is yeah. I think, blowing my mind a little bit still just to even say that out loud. Yeah, somebody. and you really have to. You really have to wonder, uh, are these drones being uh, resurrected kind of from our own universe by, you know, a magical entity? Is this from another multiverse? Uh, I got vibes like, you know, more about the Illuminati than I do. But when I see an Ultron drone escorting a prisoner into like a unique environment, I keep thinking of the uh, what's the jail that like kind of what is it like Hank? Did it Hank Pym make like the this like quantum jail that people yeah, are going in? It but was this the, doesn't the seem quantum. Yeah. yeah, the negative. That's 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 what I was thinking of. So is well, that the, what this is? <laughs> well, right before the Ultron drones walk him through there, and I I'm gonna be honest, I've gone through this frame by frame. Uh, things. <laughs> uh, there is an Iron Man uh, in a, a sphere. Like there's some statues that look like they're Iron Man based. Mm-hmm. So um, there are theories that you know maybe there's uh, a multiversal Iron Man. We've talked about it being Tom Cruise. I, I, this doesn't lean to any um, you know things to that but also a couple shots later it looks to be an iron man uh fighting uh wanda at some point like like powering up and looking angry uh and and blowing through some some stuff uh some people think it's a captain marvel variant um i i believe it is a if if i could say with the ultron drones and this i believe it to be a an Iron Man variant, uh, a superior Iron Man variant, if you will. Well, uh, it seems like everything would be on the table, like we said, in a yeah. multiversal setting. But also, thematically, story-wise, right? You know, if you remove yourself from the end world and, like, you, you know, imagining yourself writing the script, right? You know, don't throw something in the story that doesn't make any sense thematically, right? You know, we see in the trailer that Doctor Strange is kind of talking about the things that he's accomplished. And also the the bad things that he's done while he's been the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. I guess that's t- technically Wong is the Sorcerer yep. Supreme now, right? Yeah. So if if we're talking about the, the consequences of his actions, well, you know, you know, Tony was part of that. Uh, yeah. Lots of other people were caught up in his web. So I would yeah. think if we're going to be seeing variants, it would be variants of things that he's done in the past. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, I'm going to lean a little bit backwards and say Marvel has an Illuminati in their, their comic book verse. Now, what if they take in the MCU to the Illuminati of the multiverse, if you will, right? Professor mm-hmm. X, yeah. Iron Man, you know, they, they could even do a Black Panther. They could do a Namor. They could do whoever they want in here because those are all people part of this. Now, they could probably change it up. 
The poster does show um, Captain Carter's shield in one of those shards. So people mm-hmm. are thinking maybe she's in this. Um, who knows? Maybe even one of these stranges is on on the council, right? As well. There, there's a lot of like you said. Th- this is this is not a small multiverse. This isn't oh Doctor Strange is fighting um, a villain he's faced before. This is opening up to multi versions of strange. There are things that we've seen in the history that have been like altered a little bit that maybe what if could be setting up for us. I, um, I, I don't know what to expect literally out of this is, is Wanda yeah. the villain is Wanda the hero. There are two Wanda's at one point, right? Like one with like, like blood splatters on her face, consoling the other one who's on the, like, you know, with her, uh, Scarlet Witch mask on who's on the ground. I, I don't know what to expect. And in the same night, I'm putting an asterisk on everything in here, Mike, because <laughs> what if they're just messing with us in the trailer? Like, what if this is not literally in the actual movie, like some of this? or Yeah, or to the changes. extent, or to the extent, right? Yeah. You know, maybe they we haven't even seen a single clip from like what mm-hmm. might be even in the third act, right? Uh, I think the big question I have here is everything in this trailer seems insane, right? This is all over the place. Everything seems earth shattering, you know, uh, it could up in everything about the MCU. So does the end kind of reset maybe some status quo? Is this kind of really shaping up to craft a phase of the MCU? Is this going to be just an isolated Doctor Strange story, or is this going to spin out, you know, into the Disney Plus series? Is this going to be affecting Loki in his next season? Uh, I'm just curious how big this is going to spiral because this is this is feeling and looking like a big event, right? I mean, yeah. uh, if you're showing glimpses of Professor X, I don't want to assume that this is setting up mutants, right? But I could easily see Doctor Strange. Oh well, in my world, there's people with powers, you know, not necessarily assuming you know patrick stewart is now in the mcu he's just going to show up on this council right and also like reed richards he's a very important uh figure of the illuminati and we haven't even seen him introduced at all within the mcu so is this going to be really the very first time we get to see him is this establishing the fantastic four like i think that would be kind of crazy (laughs) yeah i i I 100 believe that he's not in his world he might be in a a world between worlds if you will Uh um now but the question for that would be is are they going to bring in? Is this a John Krasinski fan casting that they maybe go for with, or do they try to bring back actor In Gruffin from the original Fantastic Four to sit in on this role as like a, a throwback? Kind yeah, I I feel I feel like that could be uh, maybe so they, uh, the best thing to do, just because so it feels like he's not going to impact the future movie that they'll have down the line. Yeah, exactly, and that's kind of one thing. I'm like, oh, they're they're going to use the historical aspects of this to, you know, they're casting, they're using, you know, uh, Patrick Stewart as Professor X. They're not saying this is your new Professor X, uh, even though they have a choice of like um, James McAvoy as well. Uh, the other rumors I'm seeing all sorts of this. People think Deadpool might be on the poster. Uh, of course, the Mephisto uh, fanatics <laughs> are out in full force again. The Book of the Vishanti. Now, I, are you familiar with this item if I said this out loud to you? Oh, God. It does sound extremely familiar. Like, I've heard, and that's not like a normal, that's not like a normal everyday yeah. word, but I've heard it before, and I so, don't know why. So, the Book of the Vishanti is the anti Darkhold, if you will. The Darkhold's dark chaos, destruction magic. The Vishanti's light healing, whatever. This is your yin and your yang. And people mm-hmm. think that maybe, maybe that's the MacGuffin of the movie, Mike. They're looking for the book of the Vishanti to undo maybe some of the Darkhold stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You brought up Mr. Fantastic. You brought up Superior Iron Man uh, is, or Captain Marvel. Uh, the other thing is uh, Cthon. Cthon is, is an interesting 
um, thing here because people think he's also on the poster with the shards um, that, that we've included in our show notes here. Um, Cathan is essentially the writer of the Darkhold, the creator of the Darkhold. So whether he's in it for like maybe a flashback or is he possibly, um, you know, having Wanda do his bidding in some because there's two Wandas, right? I, I assume one of them's good, one's bad, or or maybe they're both bad, but I don't know. But there's an interesting thought here that maybe he would pop up along this. Um, I, I honestly, after sitting on this for a week, I still don't know what's happening, uh, and I and I love it. I absolutely love it. Like this is like the crazy start of the summer movie we need to kick it off because I believe we're going to be walking out of there talking about the cameos, the action, the craziness, mm-hmm. the absolutely bonkersness of this movie. And you know, um, what three years ago we, we got in game and we thought that was the wildest the MCU was ever going to get at that mm-hmm. time. So, um, I'm, I'm excited. I think, I don't, I don't think this, I don't know if this movie has legs to be, uh, you know, Spider-Man moneymaker, Avengers moneymaker, but I believe it's got a lot going for it here. I'm very excited to, to see it. Do you have anything else you want to add to this? Because I think this is just... I don't know. Who would have thought after the generic Doctor Strange... The guy crashed a car because he was texting and driving. And now look at him. He's dealing with multiverses <laughs> and stuff like that along the way. Yeah, this is what a, a photographic memory uh, rots yeah. inside of a sociopath's brain, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm curious if now Thor Love and Thunder is going to seem small in comparison after the last two MCU movies. You know, you got Spider-Man with all these variants showing up, Doctor Strange, yeah. and uh, then we're just going to have little old Thor who's just going on a normal yeah. space adventure. He's got, he's got <laughs> war goats, Mike. I don't think he's going to have a normal adventure at all. Yeah, but they're not multiversal war goats. They're yeah. just normal... Uh, Asgardian yeah. war goats, you know, yeah, we've seen, I've I, seen that before. <laughs> I, w- I, I, I will say that I believe Black Panther 2 will seem smaller than all of these by the end of the movie. <laughs> um, it's like, what do you mean they're just on Earth yeah, and no one's popping through a portal? They're just in Wakanda dealing with kingdoms and, and power vacuums. I, I can't I can't deal with this. Take us back yeah, to the multiverse. I can I can go to CNN right now and see a uh, and see a struggle between uh, two countries. <laughs> exactly, it's too real. I don't like it. Uh, but but Doctor Strange and the First Man, Sam Raimi, um, you know, just very very thrilled to to knock this out. Well, I I assume, um, what do you think? Uh, tickets will probably go on sale in April, so that'll probably be our next trailer. Uh, so this will be that'll be our third trailer. Uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. again, knock on wood, they do what they did with Spider Man No Way Home and rain it back. Don't give us all the reveals. I think this was enough of a reveal to make us. Um, oh, I almost multiverse ca- of minds, but I almost caught a spoiler, and I didn't even look into it to see if I was being faked out or something. Uh, it was a screenshot of the uh, the listing of the movie on a like a ticket selling portal. I don't know exactly what website it was for, but it had the cast listed on there. And uh, the caption was like, somebody's going to get fired. So I was like, wait, what's this? What am I looking through? And then I start noticing, oh, it's a cast list. Somebody's getting fired. I see the Doctor Strange poster. I'm like, oh, this is like a spoiler. So I read like one name that was maybe kind of inconsequential, but the character is dead uh, uh, canonically in the MCU. So I was just like, oh, no, is this a spoiler? I hope this isn't a big deal. And I just kept scrolling as fast as I could. So, do, you, do you remember who? Uh, do you care to say it out loud? Because I'm going to flag oh, this I, as a rumor. I, Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil okay. it or anything. Te- te- so. Text it. Text it to me. It, I, yes, this, yeah. I, I will. Because I would love to see. Because I've not seen anything like this. My guess is again. I feel people are out here trying to. They're trying to lean on this a little bit more in terms of clickbait, 
and anything like that. Oh yeah, definitely not. I, I text me, that is <laughs> not true at all. That is a hundred percent not true. But that char- but theoretically yeah. though, since this is a movie where anything that could happen, yeah. you know, you could see this character yeah. possibly like popping up, that- you know. Not back from the dead, but you know, like, oh, look at you, look at this past trauma coming back to haunt me again. Type. Do of thing. you think it, the the thing I'm going to ask you is, do you think with this being Sam Raimi, will he touch on his Spider-Man universe again for the first time since oh, 2008? I mean, the temptation would be there, right? <laughs> well, they he they had the actor for a while, so they don't have to redo anything. They've already got everything done. So I don't know. It's interesting to see if he. I think. You know that I think that would be um, a very very you know punchy tease, but you know with Spider Man No Way Home not even being out yet um, uh, d- um, for purchase, I'm about to say domestically because I'm reading my show notes here. Um, it, it would be uh, it would be bold to put that in a trailer even. So I would love to see a little flash by a little a little nod to his previous work in the superhero universe, but mm-hmm. um, no no promises. But I'm gonna. If you don't have anything else, let's jump into to Spider-Man No Way Home. Do you know that this is now the third largest domestic move, grossing movie in the United States, passing Avatar, not the last Airbender, the the original one? Is that that's a pretty good sign, right? Like this movie is is out here making making money left and right. Yeah, really raking up. It, it's like we've said before. It's just this confluence of amazing events of like a huge big event movie, one of the most iconic superheroes of all time, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But then also in this movie environment, right, where people are craving to get back to normal, uh, really wanting to go back to the movies, and there's really only one big flashy thing to see right now, and that's mm-hmm. Spider-Man, right? Oh, I thought so, you were going to say yeah, Death on the Nile. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely other things yeah. in the theater, right? But this is the really the big pull for like you know audiences. And I think all of the things coming together is just raking in the cash. Now, if this movie came out, you know, not during a pandemic and maybe had a little bit of competition, it still would have made a ton of money, right? Maybe not quite as much. It still would have broke records, though. But I well, am very confident that there would be a box office differential in a yeah. different environment. But, uh, yeah, it's it's not a surprise that a Spider-Man movie made money. So, 100%. I think the biggest asterisk I'm going to ever have to put on this one is it did not get a China release um, at all. And it's still the number six movie worldwide ever. Mm-hmm. Now, could you imagine... If this got a China release, add it like you, it could have added another billion dollars in China, uh, and and possibly take, you know, fight Avatar for the top spot overall slash in game. I think it could have. I honestly think it could have. But like you know, take the pandemic aside. I believe China's the thing that uh, no China release is, is kind of holding this one back. But um, it, it does. I don't think it has enough legs. They have to make what here ninety more million dollars to get to in game. And then a hundred and or yeah, hundred and something, eighty million yeah. to get to Star Wars. But like, in game being above this, not a big deal. That's no surprise. Star Wars: The Force Awakens also not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, doing doing my best not to be a tribal over here, but it does feel kind of good that a movie can be extremely successful without mm. the the China yeah. box office, just because um, you know they are very controlled of what they kind of let their their um their citizens see in that country and you know there's talk of a you know genocide happening over in that country as as well so it's nice to know that maybe we don't have to kind of bend to the whim of a country that's maybe not doing good stuff and of course 
it's not like we haven't cast our own shows. You know, the United yeah, States we're isn't not, we're perfect no, either. Yeah, but it, well, there's it, no reliance <laughs> on it when they're doing their mathematical calculations. Yes, exactly. For returns. And also, even if you strip the country names out of it, right? If country A, you know, is really upset because their movies are being dictated by country B, like that's annoying, right? And you, mm-hmm. country B doesn't want their movies being dictated by country C or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's always interesting crafting a worldwide movie. Maybe now they don't have to be so worried about tailoring it to a specific country. Just make a really yeah. great movie, and sometimes that's all you have to do. Yeah, and I believe none of the Marvel movies this year – um have hit over there maybe even not disney either uh i don't know i don't know what the i haven't looked into this i could probably go google search it and find an answer to all this stuff but i mean it's just interesting that you know there's still uh there there are forces to be reckoned with these uh these disney superhero movies over here so um spider-man no way home good for it loki the show uh, has cast or i guess added not cast uh two uh, season two directors uh J- justin benson and aaron moorhead who are going to be up, uh, known for their upcoming work on Moon Knight, which we talked about at the top of the show, and uh, directed episodes of The Twilight Zone. Um, mm-hmm. So as Kate Heron is not returning in the showrunner, these guys are not doing showrun, but they will be directing the episode. So um, that probably means that Marvel, uh, Kevin Feige, the producers, have some faith in these guys on what they've done with Moon Knight to put them on Loki uh, Season 2, right? Uh, yeah, I'm down. I'm down the clown. Did you watch I've, The I've, Twilight I've... Zone? I was gonna ask. Uh, no, not what, what is that? Was that Peacock or Paramount that those were the new ones were streaming on? That like it's yeah. the Jordan Peele one, right? That's the yeah. one we're talking about. Yep, yep. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I haven't watched. Uh, I haven't watched any of them. I've just been in this. Uh, in this Wednesday night lull now, right? Like uh, Boba Fett had started to retrain me to watch things on Wednesday. And now Uh I'm just like, ah, when's the next thing? I gotta wait for Moon Knight. Disney Plus was supposed to promise me a future where I would have something something near you to watch every Wednesday. And now I have to wait till the end of March or beginning of March. When is it? Uh, In the March. I think it's like the (laughs) 24th or 30th or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, it was that. And then, I, you know, it, it, we were hashtag spoiled, Mike, because we had Wednesday was one and Thursday it was Peacemaker. Now they're, everything's mm-hmm. done at the same time. So I'm like, uh, now I got to watch other TV. Yeah, <sighs> uh, man, I'm going to go dive into the Jackass series I downloaded, which is also, I believe, on Paramount Plus, uh, by the way. Mm-hmm. But they, they recut yeah. them on Paramount Plus. They're not apparently the episodes they ordered. They like some reason did some cutting or maybe removed some content. And so they're all out of whack over there. So not that it matters. There's no canonical story for Jackass. <laughs> but some I of that, can't follow this season of Jackass at all. This doesn't well, make any sense. Well, in season, everyone knows this. There's like in season one, there's that episode called, um, was it Bam uh, beats the hell out of his dad all day or something like that? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently they, they cut that episode and like half of the skits are in different episodes now. So like the whole episode, like where he does it to his dad all day, is not even there. Like it's in just diff- different episodes for some reason. And that was like one through line of that whole episode. So <laughs> I don't know. The one time you had a chance, you ruined it. Uh, this kind of flew under the radar, I think, this week for some people. But uh, and for the Obi Wan Kenobi show coming May no yeah May twenty fifth, uh, John Williams is returning to write the Obi Wan uh, the theme song for the character Obi Wan, not the not the show's mm. music, but like the theme song for the character Obi Wan. If that makes sense. The- the themes, the the music in the Disney Plus Star Wars shows have actually been more prevalent than I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it's the first time now that we have a Star Wars series out there 
you hear it every week, multiple times. You know, sometimes you can hear it in the opening. Sometimes you hear it sting at one point time in the show, uh, and you get used to them and you get comfortable. Like I know what Boba Fett sounds like. I know what the Mandalorian sound like. So in Boba Fett episode whatever it was, and the Mandalorian sting comes yeah. at the very end, I'm like, okay, yeah, here we go. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to yeah. see what he comes up with for Obi Wan. Yeah, Ludwig Göransson has done the music for. Um... Mando and Boba Fett, who he also worked on Black Panther 1, I believe, too. So I think he did a great job. My thing about Boba Fett, I didn't know the song had words to it, uh, right, until the last episode of Boba Fett, the theme song. Yeah, they're <laughs> literally saying Boba Fett, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, like like literally that's it. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, John Williams, again, uh, instrumental, uh, pun intended, on creating the music for Star Wars, the sound escapes of it being you know orchestral classical you know just huge and like when you think star wars not only do you think lightsabers mike and 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 fearsome Mills, you think of the music right the, it, mm-hmm. the the theme song alone um the cantina band song alone just put that on repeat yeah. just, i mean also like obi-wan a very pivotal character in the star wars universe yeah. he is besides luke skywalker he's like the oldest character you know just an invention right for yeah. the star wars ip it, weird it's always uncomfortable saying ip but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so like yeah bring in the og star wars guy for it well exactly like i think you know um between him and him and anakin including the clone wars uh tv show and rebels probably have the most amount of screen time right if you include all the canonical yeah what's the so. um what's that is it duel of the fates is that the yes. kind of the darth maul song? i'm just yeah. waiting for something like that again that was mm-hmm. that is a hype song yeah. uh I, w- I would love to get something like that again yeah th- i mean that was um even even no matter how you feel about the phantom menace as a whole uh john williams he he turned it to 11 like he he, mm-hmm. he put it out there and I, I agree um i can't I don't think I could pick any songs out of two or three, right? But that was, that just takes me back to the 90s whenever, like, you remember when Star Wars had a cross promotion with everything and they had it, like, with Taco Bell and you could get, like, the (laughs) Pod Racer toys at Taco Bell or whatever. I I, I never had Taco Bell around, but, like, the one time I'm like, I need to have something Star Wars related here. And it just takes me, that, you're you're right. So, um, you know, thank you, John Williams, for, for doing that and coming back for this. Very, very excited for that. I'm excited to also hear if Luba Gornson is doing the um, the theme music or they've got somebody else to do it um, mm-hmm. for, for this. So um, did you also know um, the reason May the 4th would have been a good choice, but May the uh, 25th is, is the theatrical release for the original Star Wars when Obi-Wan first showed up? Like, that's why they chose mm. that date. So it's almost like May 4th is a totally made-up holiday that just kind of sounds like something they say in the movie. I just always thought May 4th was such a bizarre holiday because it's like, it just kind of sounds like something they said in a film. It has nothing to do with the fucking universe. so funny. I wouldn't say it's a holiday either. I'd I'd use that term sparingly. This is Yeah, it's like all of of the Batman days that exist. There's like one every quarter. (laughs) Star Wars, I would give it because May the 4th be with you. It sounds like Mike Tyson saying it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But like May 25th is the date, the theatrical date. I believe um, 77 to, is it 45 years? I think the 45th anniversary of when star wars came out so um yeah yeah cool for that uh news that has my wife excited for possibly getting a netflix subscription is the return of stranger things after several Mm. years of being absent in the zeitgeist and they are doing one of the stupidest things i've ever seen (laughs) early schedule here mike go ahead continue uh well uh it's interesting i saw a uh, npr article uh shared the other day 
that was uh, people are starting to feel the uh, the whiplash between seasons of TV shows now, right? Because it's not like it was back in our day when we were kids, where at most we had to wait maybe four months. Mm-hmm. Usually it was three between like summer vacation when our shows would pick back up. But now when you can binge an entire show in the weekend, uh, if they even keep a yearly schedule, you have to wait 364 days to see the next season. That's like an entire calendar year. And, that, and, like and that's Stranger on a, things. Well, that's on a good, <laughs> yeah. that's on a good production schedule. Yeah. I, mean. I honestly couldn't even tell you when the last episode of Stranger Things uh, was released for streaming. I, it's been at least like, I want to say like two, two, like two, two and a half years. Uh, I, I don't remember. Like, I have, like, vague concepts of what happened in the last season. Now, a Netflix executive would use this as an opportunity to tell you, oh, just go back and rewatch it. The whole the catalog's there. It's not going anywhere uh, unless it's a Marvel Netflix show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Three years. But, it was, yeah. it was 29, July of 2019. Like. Yeah, that's insane. I don't remember what happened Do three you, years ago. How fast <laughs> are these kids growing up? Like, literally, you yeah. can't, like, a show with kids, you got to move a little quicker because yeah. they're, they're the, going to age out of it. I think the thing that bugs me the most, I'm, I'm not saying Netflix is guilty of this necessarily, but this bugged me with uh, HBO Max, which is also supposed to be a premium streaming service, right? When season three of Euphoria started streaming, usually when a show uh, comes back, I go back on YouTube and I look for a recap. I just want to see a fan-created recap, right? Because usually they're a little bit longer than what a studio will cut, right? A studio will recap an entire season that's like hours and hours long in like two and a half minutes. It's like, no, I need something that's at least in the 10 minute range right i want like a fan cut that really gets me back not to what just happened but back into the feel of the show right so i did that for euphoria to catch up and i was surprised when i went to just go hit play on episode one of season three there was no recap there was Mm -hmm. no recap queued up they just are guessing and assume that you knew and remember what happened and then i go to find out they did cut a recap but you have to like navigate through the menus and like manually play it it's just like okay i think you need to realize everybody out there who's in charge of a streaming service how long it's been since anybody has watched an episode you got to prime people to get back into it otherwise for the next hour or 30 minutes you're just asking like wait what what happened? You're on your What's phone googling on? the answers more than you are yeah. watching the new show. And the same thing, the same thing happened uh, to Marvelous Miss Maisel. The most recent season just landed on Amazon Prime this weekend, and there was no recap scheduled up. It just started playing the first episode, and like the the for the first like 40 minutes, my wife and I are just trying to remember what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is some recap. The characters are kind of talking about what they just went through in the last scene, which was in the last episode. But like, yeah, you're just really picking up the pieces along the way. So. This is my long-winded way of saying I hope Netflix realizes it's been three years and we need to be primed again. Yeah, recaps required, Michael. Let's, let's make that hashtag trending on, on mm-hmm. Twitter. Recaps required, people. Get it figured out. Get it. Get it. Because I agree. Like Stranger Things, um, yeah, season three. I remember it ended in, in the mall and everyone went their separate ways, right? And I believe, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, David Harbour. They thought he was dead, but now he's in Russia or something. It's going mm-hmm. on. Vaguely. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do this. But they're releasing season four in two parts. And this is Netflix's dumbass, not, not like sticking to the binge release model, which, which I think is done because the first part comes out May 27th. Okay. And then the second part comes out July 1st. Why not just schedule them out once a week, Mike, like everybody else is doing? Ooh, so I feel you like ne- don't have to I have feel like two parts. 
Yeah, it feels like Netflix, that would be them making like a statement, right? If they're going to take their their creme de la creme number one show and put it on a weekly release schedule, which I would honestly be totally okay with. I'm kind of over the binge model a little bit. I just yeah. don't have the time to fit that in my schedule anymore. If Stranger Things was week by week, I think that would be honestly amazing, right? You would have the conversation slowly evolve over the weeks. People would be talking about it on social media. The theories would slowly be raveling out there. It just wouldn't be one big dump. Um, how many episodes is each part? Did they say? I remember. I know the Duffer brothers like released a letter uh, explaining why why they were doing this, and they said like the season was longer or more dense. But I didn't I didn't catch the quantity. I I did not either. I just saw the dates, and I'm like, why? Like it, I I get if it was like you know three months apart, but literally four weeks apart. Like the, you don't have to binge this. Like you could yeah. make it week to week. People would have a longer subscription. Uh, to this, uh, if, if that's the, if that's their goal, yeah. and like you said, they still film them episodically. They film them episodically. Why, if you're this isn't one long movie, don't do two parts. Release it as you have the episodes, yeah. and people and it, are going to be fine with it. And it does make me wonder: does it have kind of like a quote-unquote mid-season finale at the end of that part, or are they just yeah. like kind of, oh, this is the middle episode, let's just cut it there? Uh, in my mind, I would say six episodes for me would be the minimum uh-huh. split mark right like if i open that up on uh you know may there. 27th and i only see four episodes i'm gonna be pissed right right it's there. just like four episodes really come on so i looked into this uh nine scripts so i'm assuming nine episodes um and he says the runtime is nearly twice the length of any other season so i don't know how Maybe so, twice-linked episodes? So Yeah, I, th- this is the thing. It's been three years since I've seen an episode of Stranger Things. I want to say I remember them being around kind of like the 40-minute mark. Now, if, if they're saying that they're kind of getting like a solid like kind of HBO premium 60 minutes out of each episode, okay, I get it. But this is all, this is all right, just release marketing mm-hmm. strategy, right? I'm excited for a new season. I want to join my my cast of friends again on their crazy kooky wild adventure so i'm looking forward to stranger things and thank god the gap between these is not even it's like a month basically because i know it says may to july but it's the very end of may and the very beginning of july so really we're looking at like maybe like maybe like five maybe five weeks depending on how the calendar like lays out so if it is like four episodes and that would make me upset i suppose i could try to have some self-control, right? And just watch them week by week, right? And then I would be queued up to yeah. watch the next ones when it comes out. But you, you people are going to be internet. like, yeah, people are going to be all over the internet for a month. So you kind of just got to binge them. Yeah, it, it's it's really done that, that Netflix is, is sticking to the binge model when everybody else um, ha- has evolved. They've tried it, didn't work out. They're, they're going yeah. to really schedule it because yeah, I well, believe even – you know, um, like I said, Star Wars, Marvel, you know, DC. Now they're 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 seeing the the, re- the release. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll be talking about Peacemaker here in a second. But can you imagine if Peacemaker was released all at once on HBO Max? I don't think it would have reached the same popularity. Yeah. Right? It needed the buzz. It needed people talking about it, mm-hmm. and it, and it needed that opening intro to be played every single every week. week for people to be that earworm in their head. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's. It's it's just really um, you cling to it Netflix, but I think you're gonna. You know, they don't even do this with Great British Baking Show, Mike. They they actually segment it out, and I think it makes me like it better that way. So yeah, um, and it 
yeah, like like you just said, Netflix does release some things weekly, but there doesn't seem to be truly any rhyme or reason to it unless it's attached to like a release schedule like in other parts of the world, like you mm-hmm. said, Bake Off or I think some of their reality style shows um, are kind of released more piecemeal. Uh, but yeah, Stranger Things, a big flashy thing that's kind of original to some of Netflix's, uh, growth. Uh, yeah, if they made a statement of a weekly release on that, I think that would be a big corporate shift, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and they would, I I don't say they'd probably see better return from it, but you know, who are we to tell them what to do? Uh, also the Duffer brothers who did come out on this announcement say season five will be the last of the show. So Mm -hmm. they're probably spinning that up just as quickly to get that going. So, yeah. um, And I think that was kind of, that's been out there for a while. They've been interviewed before saying that they, they do see an end in sight for the series, even like four years ago. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think I was a surprise to anybody, but this will be it. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about more in this summer. Are you familiar with the DC's wonder twins? Okay, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong. One can turn into like anything they want, right? Like a no. cool ass animal, and one just turns uh, into closer. water. So yeah, <laughs> so the Wonder Twins, uh, they were part of the the Justice League for a while there, and they had their little little monkey. One can turn into any animal she wants. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like any bat, like, man, it's like Beast Boy. Any yeah. any useful animal at any given moment, and the other person is sidelined well, with like the worst power ever. And, and her brother can turn into any form of water, but they can't do it anytime they want. They have to put the rings together and say uh, that is it's so... not Shazam, but it's something weird. I'm sure there's so many people that have done deep dives on this because it's such a bizarre yeah. duo of powers. We're not the first people calling out the weirdness of this, right? But yeah. whoever wrote this had to be on drugs. Like, are these characters from the 70s, from the 60s, were they in, into LSD? Like, yeah. what was going on here? Well, they, they were created originally uh, in the 70s for the Super Friends show. Uh, they were not in comic mm-hmm. books first. They were added in the comic books later. Oh, um, so they were supposed to kind of be more child friendly from the start yeah yeah they were very much very um yeah just like visually you know easy i guess um but like yeah they, they put their rings together and say wonder twin powers activate and uh that that's that's what they do one's an animal one's any <laughs> water of any state so um very interesting uh, so a live action movie is in development for these wonder twins <laughs> from adam uh Zeichel, uh who wrote black adam and he will write and direct this movie. So I mean, I he, you either retcon the character right, and you make the other twin have a useful ability, or you make it comedic, right? Like mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about Peacemaker here in just a moment, and I feel like the Wonder Twins would have been like an amazing cameo for that type of world, right? You could already see like Peacemaker and Vigilante just making fun of the one that just turns the water while the other one turns into like a gigantic tiger and like yeah. mangles one of them, right? It just seems like so comedic in tone. So, yeah, I mean, in in, in later <laughs> in later comic books, like in like the nineties. They were like, oh, um, you know, he one of them become like an ice golem, like like Zane can become an ice golem or a water mm. monster, you know, something a little more menacing rather than just like he's missed. Uh, I just <laughs> don't see the theme, right? One yeah. turns into an animal, and I, I, I suppose I see the nature through line, but at least make the other sibling all the elements, right? Mm-hmm. Like rock, water, fire, you know, that seems to be a little bit more thematic and more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, they were created literally by Norman Maurer, who was a Super Friends developer, story editor, 
and mm. that was he just scaled back their powers. Um, so I, I wonder if it was I wonder if it was animation influenced, right? You know, oh, one of them's going to turn into an animal. We're going to be able to draw all of these cool animals. It's going to be great. Kids are going to love it. Then somebody says, "That's going to take a lot of time." Have you ever drawn a horse before? That's insane. Okay. Uh, what should the other one do? Uh, whatever. I don't care. As long as it's easy to draw, then they just drew like a puddle. Well, that's pretty easy. So yeah. that's going to be my uh, conspiracy yeah. theory. Uh, they they did make an appearance in uh, Smallville, in case you get to that episode, actually. So. <gasps> what season? Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I got to know. Uh, that's amazing. Season that actually nine. Makes... Like the end of oh, like the last man. season. That's yeah. going to be a while. <laughs> I'm yeah. still on season five. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, yeah, anyway, and they're also aliens, by the way. They're not, like, humans. Uh, they're from another mm-hmm. planet. But uh, that, that's coming. Uh, apparently, maybe they like Black Adam enough. They're like, whatever you want to make, buddy. And he's like, Wonder Twins, because <laughs> right. he liked the you show. Right, but that's fine. <laughs> good for him. Uh, Batgirl, we talked a little bit about this last week, and you were like, eh, is it good? Is it not good? I don't know. But we found a better photo of uh, Michael Heaton in the Batman suit. A little, little more mm-hmm. up close here. And it looks to be... I think his classic suit, right? Like everything's yeah. black. It's a little, a little more mobile, maybe a little more moving friendly. But yeah, very similar. Not much. If anything has changed in this suit, it just might be finer details. Like on the thigh and the boots, there seems to be more grooves incorporated into the costume. And I feel I, like I remember the suit being a lot smoother in my head. Yeah, I, I think back then they didn't have effects, right? So everything was done in the suit. He couldn't move much. It looks like this is a little looser. Uh, and they'll probably mm-hmm. tighten it up with effects. And I'm pretty sure, I'm gonna. Have, I, I'm Googling this, his belt was yellow back then as well. His belt is very much just black on this one. No. So are we to assume his world has only gotten grittier now oh, yeah. and he lost all hope. So he'd stopped coloring his belt. It's gotta mm-hmm. be black now. Exactly. But you know, I, the way the lighting is on his face and Batman, this is very much a, a Batman lighting shot as well. Yeah. Like it's very, look- it's very confusing whenever Keaton pops up in our podcast now. Yeah. Right. Because I don't know if we're talking about the flash or we're talking about Batgirl. And then I always have to remind myself, wait, More Batgirl Morbius. was the thing that was, Batgirl was the thing that was supposed to be HBO Max, but then it turned theatrical, and then it was like, oh, wait, so it wasn't a series, it was a movie. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? So yeah. I, there's a lot of gears he, that move. He's only in movies, and he's also going to be in Morbius. So uh, buckle up, buckaroos. This is the year <laughs> of Michael Keaton. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if Batgirl's releasing this year, but Flash is. So. Um, yeah, there's that. So uh, we'll talk about Batman more here in a minute, Mike. Uh, but we are at the end of the episode. At the end of the episode, we said we are going to talk about uh, Peacemaker. So here yeah. we have the, the whole series of Peacemaker. This is not uh, the last. This includes everything, including the last episode of the show that's been streamed on HBO Max. You can go watch, I believe it's eight episodes um, all right now. It is uh, R-rated. And so if you have kids who are not used to um violence swearing sexuality anything don't let them watch it um very much like the uh is it is a continuation of the suicide squad so this is Mm -hmm. this is it so uh before we jump into that peacemaker has already been confirmed for a season two before the finale even dropped um james gunn has been uh according to deadline will write and direct every episode uh so if you love the james gunn isms of this you're going to get even more of them because he didn't direct every episode this season he just wrote them so um he's gonna go full tv after he gets done with guardian 3 uh, yeah it seems like he must have really fallen in love with the character and the cast and the vibe of well his girlfriend's uh, hardcore so i mean he's he's oh 
Yeah, you finally confirmed it for me. We were watching, when we were watching Peacemaker over the weeks, I kept seeing Hardcore and I go, why does she look familiar? I can't place her in any TV show or anything off the top of my head. And then it kind of hit me. I think I've seen her on James Gunn's Instagram before. And I've seen her a lot and I feel like the setting was inside of his house. So I was like, oh, I think this is like his girlfriend or fiance or wife or something. But I never never looked into it. So now you have confirmed it for me. (laughs) uh, She she was in Guardians 2 as one of the golden-haired people, uh, the gold people. So you would never know Mm -hmm. that way anyway. But yeah, she's... She, uh, they've they've been together a long time, but yeah, Harcourt is uh, that that's his uh, girlfriend. So yeah, um, season finale spoilers. Let's let's jump into spoilers, Mike. Uh, let's mm-hmm. let's talk about. I want to say I want to applaud this show for the last episode, just jumping into it and going because I thought there was going to be a lot more build up and very little payoff on this finale. Like I thought we were going to be like, oh, it's an hour. I, I didn't look at the time. Like it's probably an hour long, and there's going to be a lot like the Mandalorian, where there's just a lot of talk and not a lot of action until the end. Um, they just kind of went for it right out the gate. They were like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna look at all these helmets that Peacemaker has. Pick one. Uh, they never used the Scabies helmet, sadly. Um, but <laughs> everything else got a got a play in here. And um, yeah, they went they went right and attacked uh, all the butterflies and tried to blow up the cow right out right out the gate. So um, I applaud them for not just you know meandering to get to that point. If I if I can be honest, so. Um, well, it's fun. I, I feel like we have maybe a little bit of a different definition of uh, meandering because uh, there's there's some like awkwardly slow moments in like this big uh, this big action pack finale that it almost feels like is James Gunn in the editing booth editing his own show? Is anybody telling him maybe to like trim a little bit? Is he getting a little too mm-hmm. precious? Like, I think the only reason I'm being so particular here is because I really like what's going on, right? John Cena yeah. is amazing as Peacemaker. I love the world that James Gunn is uh, building. I like James Gunn's sense of humor, but it almost seems like things need to be like pulled back just a little bit there needs to be like a little more finesse overall which is one reason unfortunately i was kind of hoping maybe james would be less involved in season two you know usually that's what happens right a big successful um you know movie director or producer like kind of brings in their number two uh to like oversee you know the project that they've kind of uh shepherded through season one so i thought maybe someone else would come in for season two and we'd get kind of like something a little bit more focused but for example right we do have the funny gimmick at the beginning of the episode where eagerly picks up the helmet and you think he's gonna go to the bar he just flies off into the distance i thought that was funny that was a good joke but then there's this like awkwardly slow moment where they go and they're just looking through the woods for the helmet there's like some banter and then like he sees like his ghost dad so i suppose you're playing a little bit of the story there but i was just like can we like get to the i don't want to see them just like looking through the forest i don't care just like if you need the helmet just like go grab it real quick you don't need a whole segment of them looking for it i i think the the important part was here that um augie is not technically dead in his mind, if you will. I think that was interesting, but I don't know why they waited till the end to kind of do that. Like, wouldn't you think like someone who was plagued by his dad, that ghost would have been there the whole the whole season or longer? Yeah, right? like exactly. I know he's dead now, but like he's <laughs> always plagued by his dad and his dad's approval. I figured that would be more than just yeah. at the end. But I, I don't. Pro- I'm glad they set that up because like, okay, great, he may have killed his dad, but his he, that doesn't solve his. I almost Problems. thought the dad was going to be like a projection from like a helmet or something. Mm. And then maybe he would have to deal with like, oh, well, if I 
totally want to get rid of my dad. I have to get rid of the helmet or something like yeah. that. But it doesn't help that I'm also watching the the most like the revival season of Dexter, where the entire show there's tons of segment segments where like Dexter's talking to like dead people that he like sees, right? It's very mm-hmm. integral to the storytelling and they do it really, really well. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, there's lots of dead people in the media that I'm watching uh, recently. Um, and then also there's kind of like a weird slow moment where after Peacemaker is going down to like kill the cow or finish off um, the the other butterfly that's like run off down there. Yeah. Goff, yeah. He, like he falls through the stairs and he gets buried. And then there's like this weird moment where um, uh, uh, Waller's daughter, I forgot her name. Um, she's like just following a tablet looking for Peacemaker signal. And like the camera is like very slow. It's just very odd uh, filmmaking for that mm-hmm. moment of the series. So it's it's weird that these things are like popping up. But I think it's because like the action was like really awesome. Like when they're yeah. charging the butterflies, you got Vigilante like with swords, I, people popping off yeah. guns, Peacemaker's like smashing people like with a shield. Like the first time we've really seen him do much with the shield at all, yeah. right? And it's like, this is awesome. So you have like these high octane moments and then I'm okay when a show like slows down to do like intense like story moments and stuff like that. But don't just slow the show down for a search for somebody that's like buried in rubble. I don't know. So well, that's the, all I'm kind of saying is I kind of feel kind of like some of like the the awkwardness of the pacing of the show. But who knows? Maybe all of all of these things can be yeah. fixed, right? These aren't like inherent like story problems or anything like that. But I, uh, the, these are just all things that are keeping me from grading it like an A, right? I feel like this is a solid B for me still. I I think I, I agree. I don't think this is a perfect show. I I think of all the episodes, I had the most fun with the last one. And I'm going to mm. disagree with you on on the the thing on the part because I think it's a very much a false flag where it shows Adebayo, that's her name, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, digging, that's right. Digging, but like you kind of found that it's actually Goff digging Peacemaker out to 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 kind of flip this. You're like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to fight you. Come with me. Let me let me show you what we're doing before the thing. I think that was that was relevant in this scene of like we just literally saw everybody kill almost everybody else. I, I will say um, one of the things I'm happy with is, you know, as the psychic vigilante, as annoying as he is, he was actually competent in what he was doing um, most of the time. And like a lot of psychics, you don't get, you know, people yeah. who are actually know what they're doing or competent yeah. in like fighting scenarios or like even finding the weakness in his dad's armor. Well, you're like, yeah. oh, in, like he's just an season- idiot. But- in season two, I would love to get one of those episodes that's like entirely dedicated to Vigilante, right? Because yeah. he's su- he's such a fully developed character. Like you said, he's got huge power set. He's very competent. He's got a very, very interesting personality that seems to be informed by something. And he like, so I really want to yeah. see the background of his character so I can understand him a little bit more because it's kind of hard to understand him like cold turkey right with not a lot of information because like why is he peacemaker's friend because usually like when you kind of have like a doting sidekick that kind of follows like a bigger idol or icon they're a little bit of a simpler human right because they're looking to attach on to something but like vigilante's all over the place i wouldn't be surprised if vigilante had his own sidekick because his personality is so big so i would love to see like Maybe it's like episode two of season two, and it's like one of those things where the entire episode is dedicated to Vigilante, just so we can get a better understanding of him. I, I think we might see his personality, speak, but he he isn't like he literally is a he's an imitator, right? He always is trying to imitate Peacemaker, and I think the only reason he's there is because like they both have a lo- they had a love for killing, murdering, and blowing things up, like guns and 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 swords and stuff, which you know is is 
I can see them getting along with that, but I, I think Peacemaker's always like looking out for himself at the end of the day, whereas like Vigilante's like, yeah, I'm just going to do what you say and, and kind of chameleon his way into it. Overall, I, I, I love the actors. I think I said, this is a very small cast overall, right? Like they're literally all the main actors are in the opening sequence um, in the dance scene, all the main ones. Um, I, I'm kind of sad Judo Master didn't get more than at the end. Um, or I'm why... glad he's still alive. Yeah. I kept forgetting. Like, he's always on the verge of death, so I could never remember from episode to episode if he was alive or not. Yeah. And, uh, he's got but flaming then he hot he... love. I yeah. don't know. He, kept, he keeps showing up, though, very consistently in the intro of every episode, right? Mm-hmm. So it's I'm glad he's still around because his character's his so he's so intent like he's so crazy he just wants to kill everything yeah. uh, and i love watching it thrown around <laughs> yeah so I, I don't know i mean i will i, I will i say this redeems peacemaker from the suicide squad i wouldn't I, I still feel like they're two different characters i feel the the christopher smith that was in literally peace uh the suicide squad is more competent more com- like confident even and a little more uh you know just a shell uh you know very very focused bullet where this yeah. was it didn't feel like the transition was there from like oh he got shot and pulled out of rubble and now yeah. through this person the th- the the theme of him becoming a new person wasn't super easy to track right like i'm sure somebody out there can do a deep dive youtube explainer of like crafting something together of like oh watch peacemaker's arc through his series like but yeah, how do you go from somebody who just like loves like brutal killing to at the end, you know, he kills his father. Like he's still a yeah. killer. He's killing everybody. Like yeah. they just happens to be his father and aliens at the end. So like, what is it? Like you would almost expect like, oh, well, like the, the straw that broke the camel's back was they wanted him to kill ch- children. Right. Yeah. But he never ended up killing them. He never fired the shot on it. Right. So you'd almost expect like there would be like a child in his life mm-hmm. that, you know, came back or something like that. So I, I don't it's not super clear yeah how do we how he he was redeemed he killed his brother as uh, as a child on accident but like that doesn't tie into his redemption arc like he was like i'm gonna kill for peace but like because that that feels very familial right it's about a brother relationship so you you'd think oh maybe they tie it into vigilante no that relationship was never really fostered that much through the show vigilante still seems like a very big annoyance to peacemaker but then they do have this thing, this moment at the end where he's in um, the hospital, and yeah. and she says to him like, "Oh, why didn't you betray? Like, you know, why didn't yeah. you keep them alive and like try to like save the planet? Or why did you kill them?" It's like, "Oh, well, I I knew that they would hurt you." Yeah. So like, oh, is that the theme then? Like all Peacemaker needed at the end of the day was just friends and then mm-hmm. he would stop killing because that theme is not pervasive throughout the show, right? You yeah. know, yeah, he's trying to get, you know, familiar with working with a team, but like he worked with a team in the Suicide Squad and he was still yeah. killing people there too. So like was friendship the answer? But yeah, so maybe the theming could be a little bit clearer in season two. Yeah. Exactly. There's there's a lot of opportunity in the show to even maybe even dive on that a little more in season two. But like it's very loose. It, it plays wild and loose with the themes and his characters and who they are one episode and who they are the next episode. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to, uh, you know, his dad built his technologies. How much? How will that impact him going forward? Without that, and with his dad, you know, being literally literally they had um, the T one thousand. Right, being the, the the guy who played the T one thousand, Billy be the biggest racist piece of shit in the whole world, and like he 
for some reason he just pulls that off with ease uh, i'm sure he doesn't sleep all at night knowing that but like he, <laughs> he 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 nailed that throughout the whole season right like you just don't like him you don't want him to succeed no matter what what he does um so he's that group and then i i thought you know the, the the butterflies they're you know based on that radar scene like in what episode two or whatever one or two like all these butterflies are going to die now across the country now how are they going to explain these people dying like with bugs in their heads like kind of thing like mm-hmm. i don't know how that's going to go um i'm just going to drop to the 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 pleasant surprise here at the end like oh yeah i forgot uh, we hadn't talked about this the yet. the the justice league finally makes a cameo in this to tie it into the dceu at large and i know we already already had flashbacks so, but we get um the silhouettes of superman and wonder woman uh and then a full-on aquaman and flash appearance while aquaman uh you know he's, what's he, he says fuck you barry he's like like it's literally jason momoa dropping a couple yes. of bombs on that the insinuation is aquaman has sex with marine yeah. life and yeah. uh barry thinks it's real uh aquaman says <laughs> fuck you barry yeah uh, how did how, i always like whenever these moments happen with the justice league i'm always like how does aquaman get there right does barry yeah. carry him all the way there because I, yeah. I i didn't see a body of water nearby in this field in the middle of probably what? georgia wonder woman <laughs> uh would have to fly there too i guess if she yeah. worked on or the superman league. yeah i i did think it, like when it showed them at first and they were all in silhouette i was thinking okay this is all we're gonna get right just yeah. the silhouette i get the joke still this is like a comedy show yeah. at large i don't need to see them right but yeah. then it just focuses in on uh jason momoa and um ezra miller ezra, yeah. and i was like okay well, i get why superman's like uh shadowed right yeah. they don't even know who's gonna play superman the next time he's on the I screen thought, that has i thought it was vague enough it could have been shazam um, oh even oh, as well yeah. i know yeah, superman I, I like suppose. the double came out says superman but it could yeah. be shazam too and then i'm wondering uh i i would assume gal gadot is just too busy yeah. right like uh, no nobody assumes that she's not returning as wonder woman but yeah. like yeah she's just too busy you can't bring her in right yeah. now um, to, My, I, I don't really, I don't really take much away from the cameo at large. I like, I'm not like going like, Oh, this is now in the, the broader, uh, DC EU. Now we're going to see like Peacemaker finally team up. And this is, they're really building out a unit. Zack Snyder's yeah. university. Like, I don't, this yeah. is just, this is totally just a gimmick for comedy. Yeah. That's all it is. And if they can turn it into something else in the future, yeah, go ahead. You know, maybe the Flash movie really pops off. You know, Ezra Miller mm-hmm. really becomes the focus of a lot of the the bigger well, things moving fan forward. Strangling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows? Maybe maybe more could happen there. Yeah. But yeah, I I wouldn't so, read too much into it. It's uh, just comedy. The, yeah, and I agree with that hundred percent. From James when came out and said like he had Jason Momoa in mind for this. The whole thing that was the only person who was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And then Ezra Miller found out and was like, "Can I do it?" And you know, for someone who is as weird as this guy is like he's at least put himself into the flash tv show he's now put himself in this like he's actually out here the flash being the connecting point between these this stuff is pretty fun like yeah mm-hmm. you're actually the only character who could do this if it is multiple universes but it was fun so there's also um apparently they filmed batman and cyborg but they didn't put them in here they actually had the footage for it and james guns he's like he's like i'm not at liberty to say what they're doing with the flash and or cyborg or batman and or cyborg so oh, um, i think I, that's may- the, the bigger take was like oh um so what's that? I, I would as- i would just assume with like with batman right if you look at just yeah. warner brothers at large over like the cw and all of these other appearance of the of the cape crusader like yeah. 
okay, they got a movie coming out really soon. Let's not go ahead and draw a line in the sand of what Batman should or shouldn't be on screens, like yeah. you know, for the next couple of years, right? I, you know, because it uh, the silhouette of Batfleck and Robert Pattinson, right, are yeah. going to be very noticeable. I think um, it's I, I think it's going to be Michael Keaton. I, I honestly think the Batman in the DCE will be Michael Keaton at the end of all when this is all said and done. Yeah, and those ears on that cow would be very noticeable as well. So you would be able to determine what they're doing. Superman is luckily very an ambiguous silhouette. You just gotta have the the cape flowing right. Yep. Uh, But Cyborg, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe just because all of the the beef that's been with uh, Warner Brothers and the production of the the stuff that the character has been in so far. Maybe that there's a, maybe there's a recast happening somewhere down yeah. the line in a couple of years. I don't. Maybe Cyborg's being phased out, and like Blue Beetle is going to be the kind yeah. of next like mechanical thing in the universe. Whatever it is, they filmed it and then said, "Don't put it in there." So that's I think that's <laughs> the most interesting part of this. Whether what the future mm. holds, uh, and the other interesting part of this is uh, Marvel Studios team filmed the Jason Momoa Ezra Miller scene. They they filmed that scene while he's been working on Guardians of the Galaxy three. And that oh. was that was a return favor for them filming. Um, the guy who played Mern, uh, I, I can't pronounce his name, uh, Chuck Woody Awoji or whatever, um, mm. is playing the main villain in Guardians Three. They filmed his screen test, so the the production companies are playing nice back and forth. Um, yeah, because at the at the end of the day, like these are all just like working professionals, and they probably yeah. bounce around anyway. Like the camera guy on. Yeah. You know, the next Marvel thing, you know, his next gig is probably a Warner Brothers thing and then like a legendary thing and an Apple Plus thing. So yeah. I don't think they, there's no allegiances there. They're just getting work. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like we we are very skilled in what we do. We don't have to. There's no there's not a DC team and a, a Marvel team. Right. They're all the same mm-hmm. across the board. So, um, yeah, overall, I, I, I don't love the show. It's fun to watch. The music choices are kind of interesting. Um you know, you know. Do you want to taste it? Will be stuck in my head forever, and I've never heard that mm-hmm. before. Based on the intro, I did see someone did a stop motion with a peacemaker action figure for the intro. <laughs> That's great. It was really fun. And then I sent you was Resident Alien. Um, they were doing the intro on as well mm-hmm. uh, with um, Alan Tudyk. So it's really fun. Season two is fine. I'm I just I'll watch it probably, but like they like you said, it needs to be a better story. And probably, you know, be way more like, you know, intentional in what it's doing rather than just, eh, we're going to do it because we can. Yeah. Funny banter is like always great, but the banter needs to kind of be almost a reprieve from the story. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it felt like Gunn was just having maybe a little bit too much fun with like... It, like being yeah. like I don't want to say like being mean but like the whole like dye beard moment right where he yeah. has to like admit why he dyes his beard like it felt like this weird bizarre combination of like this is a joke because he finally has to admit it and there's nothing he can do about it because there's an alien but then it's like kind of sad yeah and then he's and that's then the, he that like, is the character's quote-unquote evolution for him but it happened literally in the last episode rather than Throughout the season for yeah for economists and and then he like he like breaks his leg which I just kind of thought was like a weird <laughs> gag that he yeah. like it didn't really make me laugh I was just like okay he broke his leg because yeah. I don't know because well, he's dumb I don't I don't like it, it's it just was like, it was to make sure he didn't go down into the hole at the end it, like literally it, the whole thing was to put up because he said don't put on this helmet and be the human rocket and then he makes her the human rocket to kill the cow at the mm-hmm. end like. It, it was all very intentional and, and like 
telegraphed. It there was like I, like I said, there's no finesse about it. It was very much like we have to do X, Y, and Z, or else the ending won't work the way we want it mm-hmm. to. Yeah, it still it still feels like superhero television at large, or at least the premium streaming side of it. Not talking about the the CW is still trying to find out exactly what it's supposed to be doing. Right? You know, the uh, the big feature films know what they're doing. Right? Make big entertaining spectacle that the whole family can go to for the most part. Right? And then slowly move the universe on and do something bigger, crazier next time. It seems like on the television space. They're, they're just not 100% sure what's going on. For a while, we thought that Peacemaker Season 1 was going to maybe be the only bit of Peacemaker yeah. that we were going to see it. Like, oh, is this going to be a one-shot? So, you know, how does this evolve? Where does mm-hmm. it go? Um, I, I was it, telling Chris earlier this week, like, oh, if I just had to kind of rank all of super vil- villain or, like, comic book television at this current moment... Like maybe my favorite would be the first season of Daredevil, even though there's a couple filler episodes that I think could be thrown out. I think just as like superhero entertainment in an episodic format, that first season was really, really great. And then um, probably the best though, even though it's kind of a one-off and, you know, as a miniseries, the same thing would be uh, The Watchmen, which is, you know, comic booky, you know, superhero-y, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's really really diving into story at that point in time but also it relies a lot on just remembering what kind of happened maybe in a movie or a graphic novel so there's a little bit of baggage when it comes to watching that so yeah it's even though we have been so far into the uh the superhero like movie franchises for like over a decade plus now right if not two decades uh tv is TV is still very much in its infancy, like on the premium side. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're still they're still working the I, kinks out, and we're here for the ride. I think to me, um, again, I, if we look at the pandemic and release dates, I believe after watching the Doctor Strange trailer this week, WandaVision will tie heavily into Doctor Strange, right? I think we're going to see mm-hmm. this year pick that up a little bit. But you're right, like Peacemaker season two. How does it tie into the DC plans at large? Like, mm-hmm. can can it even at this point? Now, now that it's like double tied into the Suicide Squad and the Justice League, I, I don't know where it's going to go. And and will James Gunn do it justice or really beat it into the ground? I think I think he's good. I think he does you know some great work. But you know, like we've talked about a dozen times, when you have too much free reign, does the product suffer because no one's telling you no? Or, hey, exactly. here's some feedback to make it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of where I think yeah. Peacemaker 2 Season 2 needs to to just have, even if he's just bouncing off of somebody else, like, hey, yeah. let's, let's work this together. Like, I, I think that's why Star Wars is so good. Whether you, you love or hate The Mandalorian, it's still, you know, John Favreau and Dave Filoni both mm-hmm. together doing it so you're not just one person's not in charge of the whole thing yeah and you know there's definitely an executives that are like reading scripts and giving mm-hmm. notes like warner brothers is just honestly i feel like hbo they're just happy that they have a hit on their hands finally they're, that's doing numbers that they can make like little promos about and stuff so yeah. um see so yeah, how it goes things are evolving they're glad they're getting good feedback you know <laughs> out of this and uh, mm-hmm. there's no uh, restore the the gun verse going on so got that going for him all right well that's the show for the week mike uh we're gonna get out of here people know more what we're doing what we're up to where can they find us at 
Mm, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, we want to catch up with you in the metaverse. In the Where metaverse. Can find you. Find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. Um, same thing with uh, gaming. People know more about the show, what we're doing. Um, I believe we're two weeks out for Batman um, a review. Uh, people can find a lot of stuff at. Where can they get it? Oh, the home of the show is SuperheroSlate.com. If you have any questions, if you have any concerns, if you want release dates or show notes, head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. We got everything up over there. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store we love hearing from you please reach out let us know what you thought of peacemaker season one are you looking forward to season two uh what type of michael keaton are you looking forward to Mm -hmm. do you want a new bat suit do you want the classic bat suit do you want someplace in between let us know reach out we are here we love you if you want to be a super fan of the show all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy make sure you're staying safe out there in this crazy world that we live in and uh we will be here every week folks That's right. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.